Hello, 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 friends. You are back with us, back to the backhanders. It is great to have you with us. We are, of course, the podcast that covers each tennis slam. And, of course, as always, we are unafraid, absolutely unafraid to slam tennis. I have with me a man who who, due to his brash and outlandish comments, has found himself social distancing for years. The ever-infectious Catters. Catters, how are you feeling? I'm great, Lightning. I uh, have really just been enjoying the last few months. It's the typical between slams period where I'm just, yeah, enjoying a bit of downtime, a bit of reading, relaxation. So it's it's been good just entering that period where the sun is shining. And unfortunately, I around mid-May, start stocking up on supplies and enter my post-apocalyptic bunker so I can avoid any uh, reference or hype to the French Open. And um, yeah, business as usual, I'd say. But uh, no fever, no, I mean, you haven't been, you know, checking the news, keeping up with what's going on, Catters? No, I mean, obviously, we we only cover the slams, so I'm not really (laughs) abreast of some of the small fry tournaments that take place uh, in in foreign countries that I I don't really care about, no? Brian, and I'd I'd forgotten that you are uh, allergic to socialising and uh, don't venture out of your home. You probably wouldn't be aware, Catters, that there's a a worldwide pandemic and that there hasn't been any tennis for several months now. Is that right? (laughs) No, I, I I wasn't aware of that. I thought the uh, the players had been spending a little more time showing off their TikTok skills than perhaps <laughs> I've been used to in the past. But uh, I figured that was just because they too didn't care to attend Indian Wells or any of these other fancy named Masters 3000 tournaments or whatever, <laughs> Daytona 500s, whatever they're called. <laughs> I hate to be the man to break this to you, Catters, but there's there's kind of this large virus that's going everywhere and it's it's not kind of Tomic's press conferences it's actually a legitimate kind of virus spreading like wildfire uh, across the world it's a pandemic cutters so I geez I'm it's good to know you're okay but uh I've, I've got some news that probably might uh I don't know whether it's good or bad you tell me but the, the French Open cutters has, has been delayed that is outstanding lightning and if it takes a large global p- pandemic to uh, to bulldoze the devil's dirt then as i've always said you've got to break a few eggs to make an omelet so <laughs> yes and the the earth is doing what must be done to eradicate the earth's surface of all red dirt which uh is good of course it wasn't initially the case cat as you may not of course be aware but the pandemic kicks in Things get cancelled. Wimbledon, too, is gone. No grass this year. What? Shattering. A tournament we actually want to witness this year. Gone as well? Correct. I know. You you can stay in your bunker for longer than you would usually this time of year, Catters. But so with all these cancellations going, the French choose not to cancel, but to delay their tournament and uh, choose to put it, of course, very conveniently, one week after the US Open was their announcement. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, it makes uh, Rafa's defence of his two slams this year quite an easy stroll in the park. So he can defend both tournaments within three weeks of each other. Exactly. Could you imagine the players 
backing it up without any training. They can't play tennis for six months and then they'll have to play two slams back to back. So there you go. That surprises me that the French wouldn't have taken a more um, diplomatic approach to things. I don't know whether they were just checking their own domestic calendar and seeing, oh, well, you know, following uh, National Cheese Month in September. And (laughs) that would fit nicely before we go on our regular three-month strike from the months of November to January 2021. In their defense, they had very few windows they could move it to. So they weren't actually initially aware there were were other slams and that they were on... (laughs) reputable surfaces so uh it does just speak to the french mindset how different they are from us that they have a complete inverse approach where they think they're the only slam and we choose to ignore theirs completely (laughs) it it brings me so much pleasure cat is to say there will be no devil's dirt at least in this initial part of the year so and for me i would go a step further and suggest that the idea that this red dirt it's surely going to to risk some respiratory flare-up. So I think Mm. it's probably fair to say the French Open's got to go. Totally agree. And I mean, Rafa's been banking that tournament for too many years in a row anyway. So why are we even holding it? It speaks to a larger case is that the fact that tennis is, according to you and other fake news outlets, (laughs) not happening at the moment. Maybe it's just the bottle of bleach that I ingested earlier this morning, Lightning, but I refuse to believe it on face value. If that is the case, then never has there been a better time for tennis to just take stock, take a break. Let's hope that on the women's side, we get some dominance. On the men's side, we get some retirements. So you're suggesting perhaps a conspiracy theory by some of the governing bodies of tennis catters that perhaps have injected the the earth with this this virus. I Look, I'm not pointing any fingers, but I did see King Wang doing an Instagram live where I tried to message her midway to say that bat does not look significantly cooked through. Did she listen to me? (laughs) What have you been doing in this isolation period, Lightning? Well, I suppose, unlike you, Catters, I have been aware of the the news, the proceedings and the consequent uh, cancellation. So I've been using this time uh, effectively to try and upskill. I, I've been disappointed with some of my knowledge around some of the 50 to 100 uh, female Russian and Eastern European tennis players. So for me, mm. I've just been, you know, trying to practice, get my head around their names uh, and even just just practice the pronunciation. So I was shocked to learn uh, of some of these players. So there was Kudimitiova, uh, Kuznetsova, Kuzmova, Kozlova, uh, Pavlova. Don't I know? Yeah, uh, wouldn't want to be. Uh, uh, there's also Sevastova, Siniakova. Don't be a Stoza. Uh, there's quite a few. There was a lot more Russian and Eastern European players than I was aware of. So for me, that's been my point of focus predominantly. I mean, what we need is we need this virus, and I've been saying it for a long time, uh, we need this virus to just go on longer and longer because not only will it help with mass herd immunity, which I think you and I have been huge advocates of, uh, (laughs) but beyond that, it will allow, I mean, Serena's biggest problem is that she's a young mother at the moment. And just if she can just get that child off to college and then focus again on claiming (laughs) her 24th title. I think we can all sleep better at night. Yeah. So you're suggesting, Kat, as a conspiracy theory where Serena Williams 
is spreading the virus. I hear what you're saying. Yeah, that's fair. Survival of the fittest lightning. I'm not happy to say it, but uh, you know, look, let's not even talk about the financial problems around the... Uh, we'll talk about that later in the podcast. Mm. The fact mm. that those that are kind of 100 or lower in the rankings are um, really struggling at the moment, doing it tough. And um, I would just propose that maybe we hold a minute silence uh, for them while I can also just prepare my, my next gag. <laughs> <laughs> Might need a little longer. <laughs> so, yes, there's been no tennis, but of course, there's still things to be excited about. There's still things happening because tennis is a game of drama and intrigue. So, let's. Let's find out a little bit more about what we are excited about in, of course, our Red Hot segment. Come on. I've got nothing in my head. I'm just really excited and I want to hug the whole stadium. So, Catters, Catters, I'm keen to know what you've been learning, thinking about, being excited about whilst in your bunker. What has got you excited whilst in quarantine? Well, Lightning, if you had told me that only in our second year of starting the backhanders that the French Open would be cancelled, I would have, <laughs> I would have, <laughs> I would have taken at least five minutes for the blood to return to the rest of my body, and then I would have turned to you and I would have said, Lightning, mission accomplished. <laughs> But lightning beyond the French, I think that social media content has just been spiking and mm. that's got me excited because let's face it, tennis is about the personalities. You know, it's mm. it's a very basic sport. It's a primitive sport. Um, I believe John Millman had a quote that uh, you, you sent me earlier today that sums up the primitive nature of the sport. Is that right? I did. I did. John is a simple man and he said, for me, I've always believed, you know, that you both start on zero. <laughs> And I've always believed that. <laughs> and it's true. It's true. So you're right. It's a primitive sport, Gutters. Yes. And I look forward to that John Millman calendar of philosophy coming out in 2021. <laughs> but other players have also shared these stunning insights into their uh, personalities on social. And, and it's kind of hard for me to sum up because there's just so much flying in and out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how about we help you out? I'm sensing Gutters. This is a good chance for a 60-second challenge. We launched this in our last podcast. Yes, okay. Are you up for it? 60-second challenge. Bring us up to speed on all the social media activity that's out there in this quarantine period. (sighs) Lightning, you're putting me kind of on the spot, um, or at least you did in the pre-show schedule that you wrote 10 (laughs) days ago, uh, which I probably should have looked at prior to today's pod. But I'll give it a crack. Let's do it. Let's do it. Cutters, 60 seconds on the clock. Let the time start. Now. Okay, Joe Wilfried Songer started a band with his three-year-old son, who's the cutest thing on earth, and posted videos to Instagram. Garbina Muguruza, who's always sounded like she could be a backup singer for J-Lo, now is. She's posting a bunch of crazy cool videos of herself on TikTok. Garmu, as I'm now referring to her, is not the only one. Svitolina took five minutes away from the set of Gem's Life to post a pointless dance video, actually quite a few, which will come in handy when she quits tennis and becomes a Latino pop star. Come on, Svitolina! Ash Barty has picked up a couple of new dogs. We're looking forward to a puppy sitting on her lap next time she enters a press conference after a career-defining loss. Apparently, the names of the dogs are Perspective and Bitch Please. Eugenie Bouchard bragged last week that she'd won a match with 25 winners and zero unforced errors. It was on Xbox Live. I am serious. 
Roger Federer, yeah, that Roger, posted a video of himself hitting up against a brick wall or otherwise known as his personality. Meanwhile in Switzerland, Stan the man has taken to cloning himself in pictures whereby he's wearing different outfits and interacting with himself, different versions of himself. His new nickname is actually Stan the Men, which Kiwis have been calling him for years. Boris Becker... Well, is this the 60-second challenge or the 60-minute challenge? What the Frankfurt? (laughs) Oh, Benjamin, for an off-the-cuff 60-seconder, that is very, very impressive. So that's what's happening in the uh, on the social rounds, Lightning. What are you, what are you yeah. excited about these days? I'm just glad you're keeping busy, Catters. I've been worried about you, so to hear you've been as productive as you have is, is heartening. For me, there's some been, been some really positive news in this period of quarantine, and that is the fact that some news has been breaking about the idea of the ATP and the WTA, the two governing bodies of the men's and the women's game, of actually merging which is huge news. People may not be aware, but there's actually two governing bodies, which means a different circuit, different events. Uh, Yes, they come together for different events like the slams, but for so much of the year, they're totally apart and govern totally independently. And here we are in an era where this idea is blossoming about these two groups merging of actually men and women coming together, not just for procreation, but actually for tennis. <laughs> and that is revolutionary. It has only been talked about for about 40 years. But <laughs> something revolutionary has happened. And our friend Roger, you're right, Kat, is none other than Roger Federer, has come out and tweeted. And our tennis's version of the commander in tweet has suggested that they merge. And this has kind of prompted this furor and people are getting excited and angry and all these questions are coming out. For me, uh, what has been most amazing has then to see Nadal come out in his tweets and actually suggest that, ah, yes, Roger, this this suggestion came out in that conversation that, that we were having. And then the two of them have been mansplaining this suggestion uh, trying to claim credit, for me, it's just been this unbelievable sequence of events in which their rivalry has moved off the court onto the Twitter sphere, uh, of which they're both trying to claim credit for an idea that's been in circulation for about 40 years. But it is a good idea, and it's uh, for me, it'll be the most uh, enthralling tennis for the rest of the year to see who comes out on top uh, and who claims credit for, for this amazing idea. To be fair, I was critical of the time that Goran Ivanovic came out in the late 90s and called for the abolition of slavery. I just felt that it wasn't we weren't ready yet, Goran. No, I'm I'm all for it. I you know, as you as as I've been saying for a long time, it makes no sense that we're doubling up on resources. You know, why not then just merge it with another governing body like FIFA or the International <laughs> Cricket Council? I mean, there's just so much wastage with all these sports doing their own thing. I mean, I dream of a day where, you know, Wimbledon can be conducted on the grass at Albert Park whilst the Formula One is going around. Oh, and a bit of WWE as well. <laughs> I mean, Nick Kyrgios would seamlessly transition. Exactly. Kyrgios goes to shake hands with it. No, he pulls out the lion tamer. (laughs) And you can't tell me that Tennis Sandgren hasn't been waiting for the NASCAR to merge with the US Open for decades. (laughs) I saw actually Tennis Sandgren uh, tweet it, which... (laughs) 
Hear me out. I know the world. <laughs> the world, the world took pauses. a deep sigh. Exactly. Um, but he chose. He actually tweeted about about Wimbledon, saying that he hoped that it was a hoax, uh, that Wimbledon had been postponed or cancelled, and he was genuinely concerned. So I just thought it was nice that um, he that it wasn't a racist tweet for a change. He's slowly leveling the ledger there. <laughs> Oh, he did say PSC at the rally. <laughs> <laughs> to the cries of tennis, tennis, tennis. Cut as desperate times call for desperate measures and a desperate attempt to jam another segment into this podcast has eventuated in the form of our advantage or disadvantage segment in which we look at who's going to profit from this, who's going to benefit from this surprising uh, uh, crisis that we've been thrown into and who is going to be greatly disadvantaged. So Kat, is, who's going to come out of this on top? Well, just a shout out to our great production team, uh, aka myself, for that wonderful little stinger clip I just put in, or didn't put in, depending on how much time I had to prepare the podcast. But Lightning, I've always said tennis is about being healthy. Nobody wants to see an injured player out there. Um, You've paid good money. Or in my case, you've taken great time to find a hacked link in order to access that live stream. And the, the public deserve prime tennis. So I think what's going to happen here is that with a global pandemic, the healthy players are going to prosper. Mm. The injured players may well die. But again, depending on how you see it, I think it's good for the sport. I think we need a cleanup. Those that have had perpetual injuries... I think they should just be all sent out to uh, Tennis Sengren's farm in the deep south and taken out to greener pastures. <laughs> and look, I think it's also going to expose a massive gap between the players that are wealthy and can afford to have private courts on their own premises during self-isolation mm. and those that can't, like Rafa Nadal, who yes. recently uh, tweeted that he's struggling to keep up his form because he does not have a tennis court at his residence, uh, which <laughs> I find utterly staggering. You have a freaking Rafa Nadal Academy on Mallorca. <laughs> you you have an island called Mallorca that you practically <laughs> own. Can, would that not be a priority I was to have say, a tennis court? Surely... Um, private property is the islands that he owns. He can he can play on any number of courts. He owns half of the European block. Like I mean, have you been reading about players that are actually saying yeah. that they're they're having restricted access to courts? Yeah, and for me the most stunning was John Milman, who's of course an Australian, lives in Brisbane, who, similar to Nadal, short on pennies, doesn't have a tennis court in his own home, and the state of Queensland has shut down public tennis courts. So apparently people have opened up their homes to allow him to practice. <laughs> He's having to, to door knock in order to maintain himself as a top 30 player in the world of tennis. It's unbelievable. Well, what do you think? What, what do you think the, the big advantage or disadvantages out of this pandemic will be, Lightning? For me, this is a huge advantage for Federer. Uh, Federer, mm. who has a surprisingly well-timed surgery. He went under the knife late in his career. People are saying, don't do it, Roger. Don't do it, Roger. Roger knew. I sense what you're saying, Cat, is it's a conspiracy theory. I get you. I get you. For me, 
He's a man who's talking retirement plans and he will do anything he can to protect his greatest of all time badge. These two behind him, Djokovic and Nadal, are hunting him down like dogs. So what does he do? He can't beat them on the court. He beats them in scientific labs, engineering (laughs) viruses to cancel and shut down the sport. So he is just pulling out all stops to remain on top of the world. So apparently the rumor is that he's developed a new virus that specifically targets left-handers, which he's about to pump (laughs) out into the realm soon. So if any beast on planet Earth is immune to a virus, it has to be Rafa Nadal's left bicep. The amount of (laughs) alleged drugs that have been pumped into that bad boy. It has its own postcode on Mallorca. I don't think that it's going to have any problems dealing with a virus. You're right, Lightning. It is very curious timing with Federer that he Mm. managed to go under the knife just before and the arrogance of of starting a global pandemic and then starting to just sponsor local hospitals that are fighting it. I mean, yeah, well done. Well done, Roger. Touche, my friend. Yeah, yeah. To maintain his hold at the top and pocket a lot of millions is just a very smart way to go. So, Federer does kind of give off that Dr. Evil vibe. Uh, I, I saw, I think I saw on his Insta Live with Rafa Nadal where he was talking about freaking bats with freaking <laughs> laser beams. Freaking, I've just asked for some freaking undercooked bats in the freaking Wuhan province. <laughs> uh, and don't be surprised if he walks onto court wearing a Dr. Evil get-up with Diego Schwartzman next to him when he plays his next game. <laughs> Mini D, you complete me. <laughs> please, please proceed, Lightning. Oh, I shall, I shall. And for me, when I think through other players on the tournament. Huge advantage, Zvarev. In that, he's not able to lose matches at the moment. So for me, this is this is a golden period yes. for, for Sasha Zvarev. I believe that refers to a Boris Becker post, he who never serves, never double faults. <laughs> Dominic Team for me, is another one. Advantage, Dominic, who uh, mm. he basically just has a bit of time to have the peroxide leach out. So he is relishing... <laughs> this period of quarantine. It's a shame for Dominic team because we only just worked out who the hell he was and that he was actually a professional <laughs> tennis player. You know, he, he has been the most unassuming top four player in the world that I've ever seen for people to not know who the hell he is. I think the real winner is Dominic team's mum, who doesn't have to get more oddly placed tattoos of random tournaments <laughs> yes. that we've never heard of before because yes. they're all cancelled. <laughs> exactly. She gets to keep her right flank, at least for the foreseeable <laughs> future. <laughs> I also am seeing uh, a lot of wisdom in Djokovic, more than I'd anticipated. He came out earlier in the year and said, one of my targets is to go unbeaten the whole season. Uh, well, that's all of a sudden looking a lot more uh, possible. <laughs> Um, with no tennis left to be played. Surely, though, Catters, you have to feel for Andy Murray, who's just spent two years having his body put back together strand by strand, having, you know, metal hips inserted, 
and gets back to playing and there's no one there. There is no tennis. It is just, you've got to feel for the bloke. It's a terrible result. I mean, it sounds like a script that was abandoned by Hollywood. You know, we create Robocop and then he enters the streets of New York, but there's no crime. Nobody wants to see that movie. (laughs) I read a quote from his manager. Do you have that in front of you? Oh, I... Because I feel that nothing sums up the bubble of the tennis world better than that quote. Look, Catters, allow me. Andy was coming close to return. This virus was the last thing he wanted. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did a global pandemic slightly hinder your comeback trail at the twilight <laughs> of your career? Oh, I'm sorry. Did, did it mean that you can't get a wild card entry into the Wuhan slam? <laughs> By the way, the Wuhan slam, if that's not already some sort of Wu-Tang Clan tribute hip-hop band, you're welcome. (laughs) I'm thinking of other players, Cutters, for whom this is a huge disadvantage. Um, You've got to think of Serena Cutters, who's... Do I have to? I mean, I feel like after that bust up at the US Open a couple of years ago, my shrink has done his best to uh, block these peripheral thoughts. <laughs> Give me two minutes and we'll see what triggers in you, Catters. Okay, but surely, okay. Serena, and this is the first time and only time I'll say this, I've got a feel for her. And that is to be getting so close to number 24 for so many tournaments in a row. She's been getting close. She's really on her last legs. Her body doesn't have a whole lot left. Windows closing and then global pandemic. I mean, it's a bit of a shatterer. So, you know, sure, you don't get number 24, but here you go. How about you finish up your career with a devastating respiratory illness? You know, it's a, it's <laughs> not quite the fairy tale finish she'd wanted, no. but, you know... But it creates a good subplot, which is what will come first, her 24th title or her child's 24th birthday? And I think <laughs> uh, we're in it for the long haul, Lightning. Um, I mean, it does raise the the point that the real winner in all of this was Maria Sharapova, who walked away from the game just pre-pandemic. You would not want to be retiring or being seen to throw in the towel mid-pandemic. I mean, no. I've seen some quitters, mate. I've been down to the local hospital here. I've been to the local elderly home. <laughs> And there's some quitters around. And Maria, you do not want to be lumped in that category. (laughs) That's right. Let it never be said that she folded in the face of a devastating virus. I I mean, I I get fascinated with Serena who, I mean, she's able to churn out some of the most disgusting tennis outfits on a really packed tennis schedule. So I hate to think what she is brewing in quarantine. So yeah. I, I, I can kind of picture like a Mardi Gras float that she's going to come in on if we ever see her playing a professional tennis game again. So as a prediction of the backhanders, look out. Do you regret not apologising for hitting him with the ball in the third Why would I apologise? Why would I apologise? I, for- I mean, the dude's got how many slams? How much money in the bank account? I think you can take a ball to the chest, bro.
Catters, it's time to land this uh, corona episode. I want to start by letting listeners know that we've been wearing face masks throughout this. We've also been observing the 1.5 continent distance between podcast hosts, (laughs) uh, which has been legislated. So we've been taking the necessary precautions, but we're so interested in what tennis will look like when it resumes. Catters, I'm fascinated in your thoughts. What are your predictions? What are we likely to see on the other side of this? Lightning, from my side, I think there's been a lot made of the fact that the players that are ranked below the 100 mark have been struggling. You know, they haven't had the funds coming in that they're used to. They have a lot of overheads. They usually have a coach to train with that they have to pay and they have other ongoing costs. So there's been a lot made of the fact that they need to be supported through this. And so I just thought it would be great if we maybe establish some sort of child sponsorship approach that I was used to growing up with World Vision where the top 100 players can sponsor a child, sponsor a player outside the top 100, send them, you know, $20 a month, get a photo of the sponsored child, put it on their fridge, feel good about themselves, send them basic supplies, you know, a few balls, a racket. They might even get to visit them at their school and see how they live. And it's just, I think it's good for morale. There's a... Terrific and and you know very caring and compassionate approach from you, Catters. So, yeah, yeah. What about you, Lightning? For me, Catters, I'm pretty keen to put in some safety measures in place. And uh, beyond this this quarantine, I'm still concerned about players' safety and their health. Uh, I'm proposing that uh, players use tennis rackets that are at least 1.5 meters to two meters long <laughs> uh, to ensure that. They don't come into close contact with a ball that's been touched by another player. So Good. Good idea. Tennis is going to look a little different uh, on the other side, a little bit more like badminton with a beach ball, and uh, I think it'll be for the better. I've uh, long advocated for change. Yep. And um, for a sport I don't enjoy but do a podcast about because it's lucrative, um, I'm looking forward to seeing it change up. And... Uh, um, <laughs> I mean, is there any way that we can just to safeguard against you know unnecessary infections? Can we maybe think of removing the umpires, for example? Because I, for a long time, uh. have been claiming that the chair umpires are the virus of the tennis world. <laughs> I, I, you know, I've I called it early. I've been saying it for years, but they are you know they are nothing but a virus. They travel globally. They've claimed a lot of elderly victims along the way. They're unpredictable. And I think it's time they go. So you're proposing, Kat, is perhaps on the other side of Corona, a, a self-refereeing kind of honesty policy yes. uh, for tennis. That's right. Yes, absolutely. I think it's the it's going to be the easiest way in the heat of a battle to resolve conflict is to have <laughs> the players 20 metres from each other doing a rock, paper, scissors where necessary. <laughs> and I could see Curios agreeing amicably about the uh, the resultant reconciliation process that's conducted on court, <laughs> about whether that ball was in or not. Are we talking before or after the uh, ATP mergers with the WWE? Because <laughs> I'm sure he'll find some methods post-merger. <laughs> that's actually his wrestling name, the post-merger, and it ain't going to be pretty. But, you know, I think if we're taking necessary precautions, I just really would like to implore... Roland Garros to do something about that dusty surface. I think it is an occupational health and safety hazard. Maybe if you could just kind of glue it down and then maybe just roll 
some sort of harder surface over the top of it and seal it. I just think that's probably the safe, safest measure going forward. I think so, Catters. I think that's the advocacy line we're going to roll with from here on in. Yeah, I think, you know, what about maybe the mantra, Roland Garros 2021, harden the f*** up. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I think we are on a winner. We're getting help. We're going to help re-energize tennis on the other side of this. It's going to need all the help we can get and and you creating that kind of uh, promotional focus uh, for the French. You're welcome, tennis. You're welcome. (laughs) Not you, Tennis Sandgren. You're far from welcome. Well, back-end listeners, we want to thank you for following us along the journey despite this quarantine time. Please continue to check us out on Instagram at The Backhanders and also on Facebook. You'll see Catters's intense bunker research where he's been throwing up a huge collection of ridiculous trophies, some prime time viewing. So we are still active despite the tennis world shutting down. So stay tuned, stay with us, and we will be with you again, listeners, as we continue to follow the existent or non-existent tennis slams and slamming tennis in the process. So thank you for coming with us, and don't forget to be quiet, please. For me, there's other players, though, who clearly have the advantage in this time. And I think Zvarev's one of them, um, mainly because... Jeez, you really thought that gag was going to be a cracker, didn't you? (laughs) Sorry. I actually just wanted to... (laughs) 